This is Moving Pictures, and I'm your host, Brent Gunn. Cinema has often been divided and characterized by a series of typically region-specific film movements. This includes film noir, the age of classic Hollywood, Soviet realism and montage, German expressionism, French New Wave, which is arguably the most important film movement of all time, etc. But today, I want to focus on a film movement I think is often overlooked in the discussion of important film movements. This is Iranian New Wave. And just from the title alone, it's sure to furrow a few brows. When I mentioned to people that I would be working on an episode devoted to Iranian New Wave cinema, most were shocked at the idea that Iran even had cinema. And that's why I feel I need to talk about this, because I feel like there is a constant ignorance applied to our understanding of the Muslim world. And let me tell you, Iran and the Muslim world, regardless of if you're aware of it or not, have contributed to the art of cinema since even the silent era. But today, we're going to focus primarily on the creative explosion that resulted after Iran's revolution in 1978, which film historians see as the inception of the movement. Exploding in the independent film scene in the late 80s and early 1990s, Iranian New Wave proved itself to be an international force, with some of its directors winning some of the film's most prestigious awards, such as the Palme d'Or, with Abbas Karastami's 1997 work Taste of Cherry, which, surprisingly, Roger Ebert gave one star out of four in his review. Today we'll be focusing primarily on the work of two of Iran's most celebrated, and in one case notorious, filmmakers, the recently passed Abbas Karastami and Jafar Panahi. Let's take a look at Iranian New Wave. Now, I can't get into a full history of Iranian culture, but let me say this. The culture of Iran is nuanced and complicated, and this fractured and complex culture does manifest itself in Iran cinema. Ever since Iran's revolution in 1978 and 1979, more and more filmmakers discovered a new freedom in filmmaking. However, examples of Iranian new wave stretch as far back as Furrow Farazkad's 1963 documentary, The House is Black. Who it should be noted is one of Iran's most celebrated female directors, and one of their first. Moving forward, keep the concept of documentary in mind. Iran's revolution didn't only give Iranian filmmakers a freedom to make films, it also invigorated a deep philosophical process of self-discovery within Iranian cinema. A common theme in Iranian New Wave is the concept of the meta within films. Actors playing actors, characters based on real-life characters being played by those actual real-life human beings, films within films, etc. Iran's new wave of cinema also seems to constantly challenge itself on defining what exactly cinema and film is. What does it mean to be an actor? How do we as Iranians find our own distinct cinematic voice? One of the most interesting examples is Jafar Panahi's 1997 film, The Mirror. The 
Mirror is a simple story on the surface. The film follows the day in the life of a young first grade Iranian girl walking home. She walks the streets, rides buses, and all of these activities she performs as a character within the film's simple, hyper-realist narrative. But then something very interesting happens. The girl boards another bus, takes a seat, and begins to huff and puff, eventually staring straight into the camera, breaking the fourth wall. Off screen, you can audibly hear someone from the film crew tell her that she can't look at the camera, to which the young girl yells out that she, quote, doesn't want to be in the film anymore. She rebelliously breaks character and the fourth wall and exits the train, with the camera still rolling and capturing every single moment. From that point on in the film, the plot technically remains the same. The girl continues to walk home, but to her real home, but now in an entirely new context to the audience. Instead of watching the same little girl perform and walk home as an actress, you're watching her as a sincere human being. Or are you? Director Jafar Panahi said of the film that, quote, reality and the imagination are intertwined. They are very similar, unquote. And this relationship between the imaginary and the real is often blurred in Iranian New Wave. Because these Iranian directors aren't just trying to be, quote, edgy, unquote, or self-referential for the sake of irony or hip cynicism. Rather, these directors are engaging themselves in their work for the purposes of cultural discovery. The Mirror, as you could probably imagine from a cinematography standpoint, mimics a documentary, another common trend in Iranian New Wave. You, you could argue this is because of budgetary restrictions, but I think it has more to do so with the documentary's tendency to observe what we as an audience perceive as the real. Keep Jafar's quote in mind, because we'll be returning to Jafar Panahi very soon. Abbas Kiarostami was not only one of Iran's greatest and most celebrated directors, he was also an international hero in the filmmaking world. Kiarostami's influence has already been cemented, and his work will continue to inspire filmmakers for generations to come. My personal favorite film of his, 1997's Taste of Cherry, is a character study like none other. Again, the plot seems simple enough. A middle-aged man drives throughout his homeland, looking for someone to assist him with his foreplanned suicide. Badi, our lead, has apparently already dug a grave for himself, and he drives all over looking for someone willing to fill his grave after he throws himself in. Morbid and dwelling, Taste of Cherry's entire film structure takes place primarily in the car with Badi himself. The camera is angled facing his profile from the passenger seat with the camera lingering on Bidi's face as he drives all over, asking people to find as a willing assistant to his suicide. The camera is angled facing his profile from the passenger seat, with the camera lingering on Bidi's face as he drives all over, looking to find a willing assistant in his suicide. The film ends with Bidi in total darkness, with the film abruptly breaking the fourth wall, starting to see a theme here, with grainy footage of director Abbas Kiarostami directing the film of Taste of Cherry. Critics the world over have tried to analyze the ending, but the consensus seems to be this. Karastami is using the literal darkness of Badi's entrenchment and death as a symbolic comparison to an audience member being, quote, entrenched in a dark cinema as they watch the film. Karastami seems to be hinting at the, quote, death of the audience member when they watch cinema, because when you watch a film, the outside world should seem to feel foreign to you you should be able to feel completely buried in the narrative you're observing. Kiarostami's work was consistently meta and self-referential. It should be noted that throughout the film, Badi is sitting in his car, mimicking how an audience member sits in a theater when they watch a film. 
This comment on the complete immersion of yourself into cinema is indicative of how the Iranian world views cinema and art post-revolution. Kiarostami passed away in 2016 at the age of 76, but his films will live on forever beyond just Iranian cinema. Returning to the work of Jafar Panahi, we need to address his 2012 anti-film, This Is Not A Film. After being put on house arrest by the Iranian government, charged with propaganda against the regime, and banned from making films until well into his 70s, Panahi decided to protest the unfair censorship from his government in the only real way he knew how to. Panahi enlisted the aid of a camera operator to essentially film Panahi in his home on house arrest in what is essentially the first vlog movie. We watch Panahi eat breakfast, play with his pet iguana, and even explain to the cameraman his ideas for films he'll now no longer be able to create because of the government's ban on his filmmaking. This painfully sad moment is probably one of the most indicative statements in Iranian New Wave, and it may even serve as a thesis for the entire movement. Jafar tells us of films he'll never be able to create within an anti-film itself. Panahi is talking to a cameraman in his home in a film called This Is Not A Film about films he'll never be able to make. The director's anti-film protest actually makes a supremely nuanced point and furthers Iran's process of cinematic self-discovery. To refer back to his quote, reality and the imagination are intertwined. They are very similar. In This Is Not A Film, Panahi goes so far as to even attempt staging the films in his apartment, so as to explain to the cameraman what these films would even look like. This is not a film was released and was praised by critics as a tool of cinematic protest, and the government was at a loss. Is this a movie? And if so, how do we regulate cell phone cinema? If this was a film, is any recorded video on a cell phone also a film? Panahi's statement on political and artistic persecution may even have an influential statement on filmmaking in the 21st century. We've already seen the rise of films shot entirely on iPhones, see 2015's Tangerine, and maybe even worlds of vlogging will begin to seep into the wider cinematic language. Let's try to do a discussion now on Iranian New Wave. So Mitch, you're here with me again, as always, say hi. Hello everyone, this is Mitchell Kakalka, news editor for Central Michigan Life, lover of film, film theory, and listening to himself talk. <laughs> so what do you think of Iranian New Wave? Hearing you talk about it, it seems kind of like an entire new world of cinema outside of what um, most people, most audiences nowadays um, would consider mainstream or would consider acceptable or watchable. I think as far as um, foreign film movements go, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we talked about Japanese cinema uh, yeah. last week or a couple weeks ago, mm -hmm. and most people are more than aware of, you know, uh, French cinema, you know, French New Wave. That's mm -hmm. a pretty, you know, reg regularly pointed to movement in film. But Iranian mm -hmm. New Wave, when I first heard about it, you know, it immediately interested me because like how you said, it seems to be this whole new world of mm -hmm. cinema. And it really, really is. It really is unique in uh, so many of its applications. You know, there's really not another movement identical to it. Mm -hmm. 
especially nowadays. Um, It also seems to have a lot of uh, callbacks to things that are happening in the West, but they're not things that that government probably assumes with Western culture too much. Mm -hmm. Because pre-revolution in Iran, their cinema was almost identical to Hollywood cinema. Okay. Like to a T. It was them just essentially Mm -hmm. trying to copy the classic Hollywood style. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, the government said, nope, we're, we're done with this. We need to start from scratch, essentially. So the filmmakers kind of picked up the pieces. And from the 60s onward, especially 80s onward, they were like, OK, what 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 do we do? I mean, they, they really had no idea how to form cinema for themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me that their answer of what is cinema to us is to ask, you know, just that question bluntly. Mm-hmm. It, it's really nothing deeper than just trying to to discover it for themselves. It's mm-hmm. very humble, you know. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like kind of a protest of what came before, like you said, like very cookie cutter, standard Hollywood esque storytelling to something like um, Panahe's The Mirror. Uh, pan, uh, pan- Panahe, Panahe. We're yeah. just a. You know, give, give us a break here. We're probably butchering a lot of the names mm-hmm. here. Uh, I'm, we're very sorry about that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there is a big element to protest to it too, and it kind of seems to be more of a declarative statement of we we want to figure out who we are. We don't want to regurgitate what the West, you know, is. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we really want to find our own specific uh, voice with cinema. Because mm-hmm. if you watch a lot of those really old, like, 1940s Iranian films, I mean, they're essentially just Hollywood productions. I mean, they look like I Love Lucy at times, you know? Huh. <laughs> it's it's really odd. But um, then you go to something like Taste of Cherry or The Mirror, and it's just night and day. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's really, really remarkable. Um, are you, what, what do you think of a... This is not a film. It's... I guess I don't know what to think. Just like hearing you talk about it is from from a, a journalist perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that you're more than aware of um, censorship in Iran and censorship in you know Russia, etc. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of process that as someone who could have the potential to be censored by a government because you're a journalist? You know, uh, to see a filmmaker obviously do it and find this loophole is it you know inspiring to you it is very admirable so yeah. um kind in the kind of um a kind of artistic self-preservation that um surprisingly um probably not very many filmmakers are ever going to be put into this position of being banned by their country to like not do what they want not for do 40 years for 40 years and like being under house <clears throat> arrest but still doing everything that they can to like continue that that's remarkable i guess is a word Mm -hmm. that to describe it and just completely completely unique like i can't think of anything else that's ever really um approached that level of um artistic rebellion and um kind of metafictional um story weaving yeah um T- talking about uh, you know the I- Iranian cinema more and this whole idea of uh, filming on cell phones for that mm-hmm. film. Have you seen Tangerine? Have, have you seen? I've heard. I've heard a lot about it. But... I, I I think it's so interesting how the government 
kind of doesn't really know how to process it just because of mm-hmm. the um, technology that it's filmed on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's interesting to me that the technology that it's filmed on kind of affects whether or not it is what it is. Yeah. It's a really interesting thing. Just kind of points towards how filmmaking as an art form, as a technical process is really changing um, with the passing of time. Like anybody can make a film nowadays. It's no longer um, a production that like a government would be able to um, kind of um, clamp down on or um, monitor. Like anybody can make Anybody can make a film now with like, uh, whether it's on like their own iPhone or with um, actors who are their neighbors or family members at their house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Iran found that out pretty quickly mm-hmm. that, hey, we can just do this ourselves. Yeah. But um, one thing I noticed a lot is fourth wall breaks. Mm-hmm. There's kind of breaking of uh, cinematic reality and audience reality. Mm-hmm. And have you ever seen uh, The Holy Mountain? I haven't seen it, but like I do know. I have my reputation. I know. All right. Um, Spoiler alert right here. <laughs> if you haven't seen The Holy Mountain, uh, skip this. Come back in a few minutes. I'm sure we'll be done talking about it. Mm-hmm. Spoiler three, two, one. Okay. The end of Holy Mountain. There's probably the greatest fourth wall break of all time in any movie ever. Mm. And the first time I watched it, it like leveled me. I was just like, what the hell did I just <laughs> watch? That was so weird because. Like, I'm not even going to go into it, but there's a huge fourth wall break that pretty much like ties the entire theme of the movie into one single thing. And going from that to watching these films, like Taste of Cherry specifically in the mirror, Mm -hmm. I had that callback of what the hell just happened. And that doesn't happen often. Mm -hmm. You know, um, they're really films that from a theory perspective and an editor's perspective, you need to watch these films to really just like further your appreciation for what film can do, Mm -hmm. you know? Kind of like the, the nuances of what the craft is capable of. Exactly. And for people whose cinema, you know, since the revolution, their movement of cinema is only, you know, more than half. Uh, it's it's less than half as old as ours is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they're asking more intense questions than our directors are. I feel mm-hmm. like their uh, self-discovery is a lot more passionate than ours is over here. And maybe mm-hmm. even uh, a lot of aspects of Western cinema. Well, that, can, that can kind of be um, reflected on a lot, a lot of um, new wave movements. Like that was the entire point behind French New Wave mm-hmm. was this um, foreign film body kind of looking at what um, had come before and now just um, think, trying to like construct a way to like remix it entirely right like if you, if you watch a film like breathless uh-huh. you know um if you go from breathless to the mirror or close up or um the cow something like that it's you can see that both of them are really rebellious works you mm-hmm. know that the movements are both going against the uh established norms in filmmaking mm-hmm. but it's funny they both kind of exercise that in totally different ways you know french new wave is a lot more choppy it's a lot more uh focused on kind of like bohemia mm-hmm. whereas iranian film it's a lot more slow it's a lot more syrupy it's a lot more like existential mm-hmm. which i think is really interesting and uh when when i was going around asking people you know if they knew anything about iranian cinema I heard multiple times people didn't even know that they had movies there. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that like weird for you to hear? Um, 
No, I no. It pr- seems pretty typical, yeah. especially when you look at like how little of Iranians' film culture has been has kind of made the translation to um, mainstream American film audience. Yeah, it's really sad that um you know we can make very uh you know grandiose statements on like mm-hmm. Islamic culture, but then. I feel like we're really ignorant to Islamic culture and uh, yeah. know, Middle Eastern culture. And I think this is a really good example of um, how there's a lot of nuance to these countries and a lot of uh, history and you know rich culture. I'm mean, not mm-hmm. not everything I you know give a pass to, obviously. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're a person who's really looking for world cinema, a person who really just wants to explore culture, if you're interested in you know anthropology, even uh, trying to seek out. You know, the cinema of other countries can really help you understand those countries. Definitely. Uh, I mean, just look, look at America. If you want to learn about Americans, it's pretty easy to learn mm-hmm. about Americans if you watch our films or watch what we watch. Just watch every Transformers movie. Watch every Transformers movie. At the same uh, time. Turn on Tucker Carlson or Fox <laughs> News and you'll you'll be tapped right in. Voice of our people. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I I want to talk a little bit about uh, Abbas Kiarostami. Now you've seen uh, Close Up, haven't you? I have not. You haven't. No. Did you watch Taste of Cherry? I wasn't able to. No. Oh, Mitch. All right, it's fine. But um, Abbas Kiarostami is a fantastic filmmaker. Mm. Since you haven't watched the films, uh, I don't really want to like beat it over the head. But um, I would really recommend Kiarostami's work. But I think that Jafar. Uh, uh, Panahi's work is probably one of the most interesting of anything that's going to come out of Iranian New Wave. Mm-hmm. It's it's he's really one of their most celebrated filmmakers. Like a boss is commonly referred to as like their Steven Spielberg, uh-huh. and Jafar is probably like their from like a popularity standpoint, like their Paul Thomas Anderson, okay. something like that. Mm-hmm. He's a very respected filmmaker, even by people that aren't really like into film. They, they know that he's a respected filmmaker. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Mitch, for coming back on being oh. my mm-hmm. consistent host once again for another week. Always uh, a pleasure. There's dozens of films and directors I'd love to talk about. A Moment of Innocence, The Cow, Close Up, etc. But I really want this to be a starting point for someone interested in Iranian cinema. Iranian New Wave is a movement focused on answering film's most basic, still unanswered questions. What exactly is cinema? I find Iranian New Wave to be incredibly fascinating, and I implore anyone who listens to this to seek out the movement. If nothing else, Maybe it will shine a light onto the Islamic world that you were never aware of. A world of rich history and cultural significance with a cinematic backlog that has earned the respect of most of the elite in filmmaking. Iranian New Wave is the defining artistic statement for that region, and it may even be able to help us as Americans answer the same unanswered questions that we still deal with today. What exactly is cinema? This has been Moving Pictures. I'm your host, Brent Gunn, and thank you for listening.